The Razorbacks are officially in the NCAA tournament as a four seed, and they are taking on Vermont. We're going to give our breakdown, some other games to watch for, and how far can the Razorbacks go? This is the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I'm your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode of Locked On Razorbacks is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. I know that the Razorbacks didn't do exactly what we kind of hoped that they would in the SEC tournament when it came to actually taking care of business against Texas A&M in the semifinals. But who cares, right? Unless you win the whole thing, we don't care. We're moving on. NCAA tournament, that's what this thing is all about. And Arkansas is an officially in a four seed, which is about what everybody projected, everybody expected. And they are going to be heading up to Buffalo, New York to take on their Vermont Catamounts. Whew. Now, we're going to have a lot of breakdowns from this and all that, too. And uh, just as kind of a, a warning as well, I'm going to the scheduling for the podcast and everything's trying to try to be uh, as good as possible. It's maybe a tough because I'm actually making the trip up to Buffalo. I think I'm going to be flying out tomorrow. At least that's why my work is telling me so. Uh, scheduling and all that stuff may be a little bit more difficult uh, when it comes down to it. But uh, I'm going to try to do my best to make sure that we still get the podcast and we still have uh, plenty of good stuff. But either way, Arkansas is going to be heading up to Buffalo, take on Vermont. It's going to be the Thursday game on TNT at 8.20 p.m. Central Standard Time. So in my time zone up there, local time, it's going to be at 9.20. Uh, very late game in the Thursday realm. Uh, but Arkansas opened up as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. They're now currently sitting at a five-point favorite over under bet at 139-and-a-half. And overall, this is this is what we're looking at. And we – I okay, let me just start with this because, there's again, there's a lot of different angles I want to take this. But let me just start here. The amount of Razorback fans on social media that were absolutely losing their minds and saying how horrible of a draw that Arkansas got. And, oh, my gosh, the fact that they're going to have to play uh, Vermont, which is a really good 13 seed. Uh, better. This is their, Look at their scores from their conference championship game. They're going to be so tough. And, oh, man, in Arkansas, if they could just get lucky enough to scrape by, then they're going to have UConn after that. I mean, UConn, it might as well be a local game for them up there in Buffalo. There's going to be so many people there, fans there. and y'all. Stop. 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 Folks, this is the NCAA tournament. All right? I don't think there's such thing as a good draw in most cases. Because you or me, we don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen in these games. You know, like Duke is playing Cal State Fullerton. Is that a good draw for them? I don't know. You would think it is because Duke's a two and they're 15, but if Cal State Fullerton won, would that be so shocking because it's the NCAA tournament? No. This is just how it is in the NCAA tournament. 
There's no such thing as a good draw. Now, you could see matchups that you feel better about, but it's one game. Survive in advance. Move on. The other team could have the game of their life, and you could play your worst game, and even though you would beat them 99 times out of 100, it's the one game that matters the most. So the people that are losing their minds over after playing Vermont is, is just really annoying. And I think it's I think it's dumb. I think it's I'm not saying that Arkansas shouldn't go in there and taking them seriously. Like I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that Razorback fans shouldn't respect Vermont. I'm not saying that at all. But when you your first reaction is automatically just like, oh, well, we're screwed. No, nope, loser mentality. I don't accept that. I don't want that. And I don't think that that's good uh, mojo for going into this game. But that's just my take. But Vermont's they, they're 28 and five on the year. And uh, they have a few uh, pretty interesting stats when it comes to uh, how they line up, how they're set up, and, and all that, too. And, you know, I, I was just, like, looking at some of their games. And, you know, it's not like I can sit here and act like I break, I'm breaking down every single game. Uh, but I do know that they really only played one Power 5 legitimate kind of decent team, and it was Maryland. And Maryland actually did not end up doing that well, but they lost to them in their second game of the season, and uh, that was that was pretty much it. They did play Northern Iowa, which is a team that Arkansas played too. Uh, they beat Northern Iowa by fourteen. When uh, of course we know Arkansas was struggling in the in the early part of the season, and you know they gave a lot of points to to them. They also played NJIT, which for those of you who remember from baseball. But either way, uh, they they had a really good run, twenty eight and five. They just completely and totally destroyed the American East. In fact, listen to this. Vermont went 28 and 5 overall. And UMBC is the second team in the conference, went 18 and 14. So you're talking about 10 win difference between Vermont and the second place team after that. Because then that's nothing to everyone's like, oh man, they just rolled through the conference. Well, how do you know the conference just doesn't suck? And they were just one of the ones that actually ended up being pretty good. Uh, but here's some stats for you as far as team stats. They average about 75 points per game. Uh, they are led by Ryan Davis, who averages 17 points per game for him. They shoot 36% from three-point land as a team, 49% from the field, also 74% from the free throw line. Really good free throw shooting team uh, there as well. Uh, rebounds at about 35, assists 15. Turnovers, they average about 10 a game, uh, which is, is not very high, all things considered, and especially 15 to 10 assist ratio is pretty good. So uh, they're very fundamentally sound, um, but yeah. So I was I was just looking at some kind of some basic numbers like that, and what it looks like to me, and then the very very limited highlights and game watching that I did of Vermont. What this looks like a team to me is an experienced team that's fundamentally sound, that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. That's kind of what their thing is, and that's what's made them so good this year. But athletically. I think that they are challenged. I think depth-wise, they're very challenged. And here's another thing, too, that I thought was really interesting. Their leading rebounder on the year is Isaiah Powell, who averages only six rebounds a game. Uh, they only get they only have 35 rebounds per game as a team. And that's like, so I, I don't know if maybe that's just because the other team makes a lot of shots or whatnot, or maybe they just are like, hey, screw it. We're not even going to worry about rebounds. We're just going to get back. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're a very physical team just based off of those numbers alone. Uh, again, very, very sound, very smart, 
again, don't turn the ball over very much. They do shoot pretty well, especially from three-point land, because I know I said they had 36%, but their leading scores, uh, Ryan Davis shoots 42%. Uh, Shingu shoots 41%. Uh, Deloney shoots 41%. So you're talking about three guys, three of their top four leading scorers who short, shoot over 40% from the three-point line. Uh, we know that that has been able to cause some problems for Arkansas, especially in that uh, Tennessee game just at the end of the regular season and has in, in other tastes too. So uh, just looking at the numbers and everything for Vermont and, and just breaking it down, to me, it's going to come down to this. And as you can call it cliche, you can call it base, you can call it whatever you want. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to this in the same way that Arkansas has won games this year. Can you keep them from hitting threes? I think that's that's the name of the game in this one. Keep Vermont from hitting threes. You, you play great defense against them in the perimeter, make them earn everything like you've been doing all year long. So just playing your game that you've been doing all year long. You do that, I think Arkansas wins this game. And honestly, I don't even think it's a close game if Arkansas does that. Like, I think that because of the defense that Arkansas is able to play, like Vermont is not ever, ever, ever faced a defense like they're going to be facing against Arkansas, period. Like no questions asked. I don't think that they've ever even faced a player as good as what J.D. Note is. You know, I don't think that they're going to face a more versatile player than what Jalen Williams is. Like I think that this is going to be a very eye-opening experience for them where they've never faced anybody like this. Now, again, I know it's the tournament. I know things can happen. Anything can happen. You got to respect them. They're a good team. All of that. I'm not disrespecting them at all. But Arkansas is a four seed for a reason. They're a 13 seed for a reason. Arkansas is a better team far and away. If Arkansas just plays their game and does what makes them successful and has made them successful this year, they will win this game easily. You know, it's kind of similar to what Colgate was last year. Uh, you know, again, you want to respect them. You want to give them their praise and their credit where it's all due and everything like that. But what it comes down to is, you just need to go and play your game. You do that, you beat Vermont, you move on into the second round, more than likely against UConn, and we'll see where you go from there. But we'll break down and kind of look at the pathway to the championship uh, from the NCAA tournament perspective here in just a second. But first, hey, March Madness is here. It's finally here. We know the brackets and all those things, but you got to get on it. Games start this week. Think about it. When you're doing all your pulls and stuff for the office, don't, don't worry about all that other stuff with ESPN and CBS. Go to runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, they offer game types like Survivor and PickX, and they have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks, all that stuff you won't find on CBS or ESPN. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because we are using it ourselves here on Locked On Podcast Network. So if you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize up to $1,800, not even $1,000, $1,800, join us right now at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, Create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be there as well. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize up to $1,800. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Also, I want to talk about something that you've already heard me talk about multiple times. Stat here. I love March Madness. Like, it's so much fun. And I've already started filling out my brackets and everything, but... You know, sometimes that's not enough. You know, like I want to do other things too and get involved and be able to win some money. That's what the you know, Stat Hero is great for when it comes to NCAA pick'em contest uh, contest styles. Uh, single game pick'ems puts the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. And you can take advantage and take control back from those handicappers who always seem to have the advantage. 
In addition to the pick'em games, you also have dozens of lineups that you can comb through and whenever you're going head-to-head. And it's the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes, and this is what Daily Fantasy is honestly meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Again, stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match on your first deposit. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions do apply. Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so let's look at uh, what we can expect from the NCAA tournament. And okay, let's, okay, let me rephrase that. We don't know what to expect. Who knows what's going to happen in this thing? Uh, But we know how the field is set. We know where Arkansas is at specifically. So let's look at some likely scenarios of uh, if Arkansas is going to advance and going to head in the right direction and get it done, uh, what's going to need to happen? First off, they're in the West Regional, which I find so funny uh, that Buffalo and Portland or Buffalo and Greenville are two of the places in the regional, but they're not really that West. But uh, it's more about the teams. I get it. But either way, uh, Arkansas is set up against Vermont. We know that. And they're playing in Buffalo. UConn and New Mexico State, the five versus the 12 game. The winner of that game will face Arkansas, assuming that they win against Vermont. So uh, UConn would be an interesting matchup, we know, because of UConn and what they've been around for. But I still believe that they're kind of slowly and surely getting back to being that program that they once were. Uh, They're sitting at 23-9. and You know, they played a pretty solid schedule, uh, had some nice wins. Uh, but that wouldn't would be the one where I'm not saying I'm worried about it because I still like Arkansas's chances against anybody really in the country. But I, I do believe, though, that, um, you know, it's going to be a tough bout. And anytime you go up against a team that might be similar to you and how things are done and how they and how they handle them and all those things as well, uh, I think that it could be a pretty tough matchup. And that game would be in Buffalo. Of course, the winner of that heads to the Sweet 16. Now, if you make it to the Sweet 16, Given how the current uh, setup is, and we're going off of assumptions here, in the Sweet 16, you would face the number one seed in your bracket, and that is Gonzaga. Now, it's not easy to face any one seed. Any one seed you face is going to be tough. I am not trying to doubt or downplay it at all. That being said, between all the one seeds, I am extremely thankful that Arkansas would have to go up against Gonzaga and not Arizona, not Baylor, and not Kansas. I like Arkansas's chances against Gonzaga more than anybody. Not saying they'll beat Gonzaga, but I like their chances against Gonzaga because, again, that'd be more than likely the team you would have to play. But they would have to go through not only Georgia State in the first round, but they would have to face the winner of Boise State and Memphis. And we know Memphis has enough talent to beat a lot of teams. So who knows? Maybe even Gonzaga loses uh, to Memphis if they ended up getting to that point. And our Arkansas and Memphis have a bout, which wouldn't that be fun from uh, uh, all intents and purposes of, of how it would be. The thing that really pisses me off, though, and it doesn't make much sense, and I'm not complaining, like, because it's still like if you get there, everyone's going to be thankful. But it's dumb to me that you play in Buffalo for the first two games 
And then if you win those two games, the Sweet 16 matchup is in San Francisco. So you're talking about going from one end of the country to the other end uh, just in a matter of a week. So that, that would be a lot to, to offer or at least a lot to ask for. So say if Arkansas does the, the great thing where they make it back to the Elite Eight uh, for the you know, second time in a row, they beat Gonzaga. Well, the most likely, and again, we're only talking about most likely, matchup and scenario that you would have would be Duke. Would be Coach K and his final season at Arkansas or at Duke. And two teams haven't faced each other since the 1994 national championship game. Now, I would have, again, confidence no matter who Arkansas faced. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I would feel good about no matter who they ended up facing. But there is no doubt that there is going to be a stigma and a, a desire, if you will, to get Duke as far into the NCAA tournament as possible because it's Coach K, it's his swan song. Everybody's going to want him to go out on a, on a high note. And I just think that that will be something that Arkansas would have to battle up against. Whether it's, uh, of course, all the, commentator, all the commentators and college basketball people will be rooting for Duke. Um, everybody on CBS will be rooting for Duke. Dickie V is going to be rooting for Duke. And then if you were lucky enough to beat Duke and end Coach K's final year at Duke with a, a loss in the Elite Eight while you move on to the Final Four, it would not at all be about you. It would only be about Duke. So just get yourself set up for that if you ever got to that point and just own it. But I don't think Razorback fans would care because, hey, them being in the Final Four would be the best thing ever. Like it would be the absolute best thing ever and they would be – happy and tickled regardless of who talked about him, who didn't talk about him or anything like that. So uh, that's kind of what the the matchup would potentially look like at this point. Um, you get to the final four. Now you would be, of course, in New Orleans for the final four, and you would be facing the winner of the East Regional, which where Baylor was the number one seed in that one. Uh, they would You would be facing off against them. So, uh, But yeah, and Kentucky being the two seed there uh, would be tough too. So anyways... Uh, I, again, there's no easy way of going about it. There's no easy way of getting there. And I don't think that anyone should expect any sort of easy way or easy pathway, just given the circumstances and all that. But I still think it's completely feasible. I still think it's completely, uh, and totally realistic that Arkansas could make a run in this tournament, given the teams that they're more than likely going to play as long as they play their game. Like, I wanted to be in the Gonzaga Regional. And Arkansas is in the Gonzaga Regional. So let's see what you can do. Uh, and Arkansas, the, and another good thing, I guess, is too, is that the only SEC team that's in your regional as well is Alabama. And I would love to face them again if they were able to make that because I feel like that would be some uh, some made up, uh, some lost time. But if you did face them, though, it would only be in the Elite Eight. So Alabama would really have to go on a run there uh, if they wanted to get to that point. So. Uh, but if we're talking about realistic expectations, I know we're talking about pathways. I think it's completely and totally realistic that Arkansas makes it to the Sweet 16 and would probably lose to Gonzaga. Not saying that, you know, you shouldn't be feeling good on your chances against Gonzaga. But again, realistically, just looking at it, I think Arkansas goes in to the Sweet 16. They get to the second weekend, but they lose to Gonzaga. No shame in that either. Gonzaga's really good. Um, but man, could you imagine... If Arkansas was able to do that and get back to the Elite Eight and then face Duke, 
I couldn't. I couldn't. And also, there's something about like I, I keep hearing the stat that Arkansas or the time that they've had to go west of the Mississippi for NCAA tournament games, it's always been really horrible for them. Uh, whether it's the Final Four in Seattle in '95 or in Denver, I guess when it was in 1990. Uh, I remember when Arkansas faced USC and OJ Mayo out on the West Coast. I forgot where that was. Maybe in San Francisco, actually. Uh, but they got spanked in that game. Um, I'm sure there's other instances too, but I've just heard and and look back on upon apparently West Coast stuff doesn't do very well for Arkansas, but maybe they can change the narrative. Maybe they can flip the script uh, in this upcoming uh, March Madness. But I guess we're going to find out as uh, as this kind of next couple of weeks goes on. Just get to the second weekend. That's my thing. Just get to the second weekend. And I'll be happy. I will be satisfied. Like I'll be satisfied with Sweet 16. I will be, you know, happy, thrilled for an Elite Eight bid. Final four, just the nips are hard and the clothes are exploding. Like, that's what I would be all about. So, yeah, second weekend, not saying second weekend or a bust, but second weekend would be the ones that actually makes me happy with the way the season and the way the year ended. It's that time of year again, and college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net remains the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for also for your scores and podcasts and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and actions over at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment of the uh, Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, just to give everybody an update on everything, too, because, again, it's going to be a wild week, and I'm going to try to try to make it all work to the best of my ability uh, to this point and just to give everybody uh, a quick update on that. I'm going to be heading up to Buffalo. I'm going to be going to wherever the Razorbacks are going as far as they make it into the tournament. So, uh, if they do win two games in Buffalo, I'm going to fly back to Little Rock on like Sunday, I guess, and then fly out to San Francisco that week. I mean, it's just going to be wild. So it's going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy day or a crazy week uh, just this week for, for the podcast. But uh, I'm going to try to do the best I can to make sure that we get the content out there and all that stuff, especially once they get up there. Uh, also, one of the things that happened in the NCAA tournament selection deal like two teams in the SEC were really pissed off about two different things. And I wanted to react to that. Uh, first off, Tennessee getting a three seed. It's pretty justifiable for them to be upset. They won the SEC tournament. And, you know, they beat some decent teams, like a team like Kentucky, for instance, who's a two seed. They beat them actually twice this year and beat them in the tournament to make it into uh, the championship game and to beat Texas A&M. Like, they won. And it kind of gives a vibe that they could have lost in the first round and nothing changed of the SEC tournament, that is. And I, I get that, you know, I'm not saying there should be a major move or major shift forward or upward or however you want to put it, but surely there needs to be some sort of, like, change there. Like, Tennessee added and built up their resume, and for them to only be a three seed, it seems kind of lame. Like, especially in the fact that you weren't, like, they beat good teams. They beat good teams. But yet, you still put Auburn and Kentucky above them. Auburn lost to A&M in their first game in the SEC tournament. 
And then Kentucky, who lost to Tennessee twice over the past like month. I didn't agree with that. And I, I don't like to give Tennessee too much credit, but I will give them credit in the fact that they probably should have gotten the benefit there too. So uh, that, that was pretty bad. The other one was Texas A&M. They got totally left out of the NCAA tournament. Now, the fan side of me as a Razorback fan, I love it because it's something to where it's just, it's, it's hilarious that they got left out. They had such a good ending to the season. They looked really good. They're really tough, but you got left out. You're, you're going to the NIT. Congratulations. That's awesome. Um, so I, I laughed about that, but that was the fan side of me, but also just from the non-bias side of it, they got screwed. Like they royally got screwed. They shouldn't, they should have been in the NCAA tournament. Um, but that's what made them so weird. They started the conference season 4-0, beating Arkansas, one of them. Then they lost eight straight games in conference play. And then they end the conference season going 5-1. and one. So they finished 9-9. Nine and nine, So it's like, okay. And then they looked really good, obviously, in the SEC tournament, played in the championship game. But... Like, as much as they got screwed, and they did get screwed, they should have gotten in. But this also kind of goes to show you, it's like, you shouldn't have lost eight straight games in the SEC either. Like, you should have, you shouldn't have been that team. Like, if you were as good of a team as what you should have been, you wouldn't have lost eight straight games. Like, Arkansas had some lulls. They did, for sure. They start off. But they were pretty consistent once they got it going. Like, they lost some games here and there, but overall, they were pretty consistent. A&M was not. They didn't, people didn't know what to type, what to make of them, and what type of team they were. So I just thought it was hilarious as a fan. It's it's fun. It's funny. Like, sorry, you got you needed to do better next year to try to get in there. But Tennessee, I think, got screwed. I think both of them got screwed in their own right, but still kind of funny from a Razorback perspective of them getting screwed the way they did. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. Keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.